Welcome to my favorite podcast with Noah Marger. So many times I've tried, but I'm still caged inside. Somebody get me through this nightmare. I can't control myself. So what if you can see the darkest side of me? No one would ever change this animal I have become. become. And help believe it's not the real me. Somebody help me tame this animal. This animal. This animal. Um. So that is Animal I Have Become by Three Days Grace. <laughs> yes. Yes, Chef. Wow. You know, the last time I was on, we opened up with quite a ribald joke, but I think that was much more powerful. You know, what did warmed, we do last time? Uh, I think you said if pigs could fly, they'd eat my tasty slop or something like that. Something about fucking a pig. And I was like, boy, it's boys time. It's R-rated. Turn off your, your earphones, mom, me, mom, and peepaw. We're going, we're going blue with it. And, um, but this was powerful. This was very musical. It warmed up the vocal cords. I think it was an appropriate intro for our <laughs> podcast today. I think the intro last time, if I'm remembering correctly, was if pigs could fly, they'd fuck frogs, but they don't. So instead, they eat my yummy slop. Yes, yes. Like I think that was yeah off the dome. And 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 we 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 confirmed that was a Noah Marger original and was not attributed to Confucius or another such philosopher of time. I got to be honest with you. It is a remix of a of a. I don't want to say his actual name on pod because he does not like that. But it is a. My father original oh, put the gotcha. Noah Marger spin on put it. Put the Noah Marger spin on it. Well, shout outs to your unnamed father who holding down the fort there at House Marger. Yeah, he is really pissed off lately. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you're almost out of the house, right? This is late COVID. We're all vaxxed up. We're all wet and wild. By the time this comes out, I'm going to be somewhere in the United States. So that I mean, where, a, you are somewhere in the United States right now as well, but somewhere else, yeah, somewhere, yeah, somewhere yeah. different. Yeah, very much somewhere different, somewhere that I'm not. Because guess what, Thomas? This is a backlog episode. Oh my God! Wow, you're pulling you're pulling the wool right over the eye, or no, pulling the wool <laughs> off the eyes of the audience. We could and have over said the them, ears. Over the ears. <laughs> yes, they're plugging their ears. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, they're actually pissed off. All of them. Uh, okay. Welcome to my favorite podcast. This is the podcast about people's favorite things. I'm the host of this show, whether you like it or not. And folks, we are at the end of Fuck You, It's June on this show. Uh, I can't believe we made it to the end. I am exhausted personally today because this is my second record of the day. Got to hang out okay, with my Okay, big friend. man over here. <laughs> got to hang out with my friend Mason M. from It's On The List Yes, but not today. recording It's On The List. This was for your this podcast? No, for it's on the oh, list. Okay, we recorded okay, it's okay, on the list you, earlier you, today. Yeah. yeah. You're so. wiped. 
I'm pissed. I'm actually very upset right now. But I am happy to have my guest here today, and I'm going to give him an intro. And I always read the intro for the guest before we begin, but this time I did not. So this is a this is new and exciting for both the listeners and the guest. We are raw dogging this fucking intro. Are you ready, Chef? For yes, this? I'm ready. Here we go. My guest today came in last place in the first ever My Favorite Podcast trivia show. That's true. Uh, and, and was actually kind of mad about it in retrospect. Uh, he is also the internet's favorite home chef and is currently taking a huge freaking bite out of the freaking Big Apple. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> last time he was on the show, he talked about Norm's Diner. Please welcome back to the program, making his... Second real appearance after the uh, after the Norm show and after the trivia show. Mm-hmm. Thomas Saradarian. Thomas, what's going on, baby? How are we? Oh, my goodness. I'm out here in the Big Apple. I was not in the Big Apple for the Norm's episode. I was in for the uh, My Favorite Trivia episode, which I do not speak of. I was pissed for at least three days following that and was very angry. Uh, I am once again using the Wi-Fi of former guest of the pod, Marissa H. Let's give a, a round of applause for Marissa H. Let's. I actually want to break that down real quick yeah. because there was a very real possibility that a this episode wouldn't have happened on the day we were supposed to do it, and maybe just not at all yeah. if things really just went the way they were. Well, so, you know, big if, shout out to Marissa H. Big shout out to Marissa H. Do we want to hear a little bit of a detour about my current about the hell that I faced this month with my living scenarios? I want to hear about the animal you have become. Okay, so I'm gonna try to make this 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 quick so we can get to the meat of the you know meat of the bone. But um, yes. so I was supposed to live in a lovely townhome in Williamsburg with for, also former guest of the podcast Sienna K. Uh, this month in in Brooklyn while she finished her Pilates certification. And on May 1st, the day that I was to move in to said apartment or to said townhome, I texted the host and I was like, hey, would it be cool if I dropped my luggage off a few hours early? And the host said, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) And I said is this Sean? He's like, yes. I was like, I'm staying in your home today. He said, I don't have a home up on Airbnb. So I had a very stressful day trying to find any accommodation as Sienna was flying in that day. So apparently this guy took his home off Airbnb when COVID hit it, but Airbnb doesn't ever like updated it or anything. So it was a fake listing entirely. And he's like, I don't own that house. And I think it's gone. Oh my God. What the hell? So that house apparently was just full-on demolished or something but uh so maybe it was the epstein house maybe we're talking to like epstein's like ghost like yeah diddle dungeon um but um (laughs) so maybe maybe. but um so i we 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 spent the day trying to find pretty much the only airbnb that would take us and we did find one uh finally like at around 9 p.m at night we we it was instant book we're like okay like maybe instant books always a little iffy but fine we'll just have to do what we have to do so we booked it the next day i started moving my things and Sienna flew into town and the place was was a little odd it was like way too big first of all it had like four rooms including this weird scary basement room and it like the yeah. it was also just filthy as the dickens admittedly and it looked <laughs> and it looked like a family had moved out the day before there was like rotting food in the fridge but it's okay <sighs> i got there first i was cleaning up you know trying to be a nice guest so sienna wouldn't have to deal with all that um sure. sienna arrives we know we we go to bed hello and then we wake up the 
the next morning and uh, well, Sienna woke up before me because she was she had to go to class. She came out to six pigeons in the foyer shitting and flying <laughs> everywhere because the windows were open and they all hang out in the alley. So Sienna, was, Sienna was very traumatized and immediately left the Big Apple to live with her brother in New York uh, <laughs> while we were like, OK, maybe we're going to circle back once we get this place cleaned. So the following Saturday, the cleaners come. I'm at work, but it's fine. Like the cleaners clean the house. It's supposed to be okay, great. I show up. So I, I work this long ass shift, 10 hours. Then I go to the gym. I come back at midnight, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah. things are finally coming into place. Sienna's coming tomorrow. It's okay. This house is clean. I go to open the door. My key, do <laughs> my key doesn't work. I'm like, hmm, okay. this is interesting. And it, and I'm like, you know, oddly enough, this lock looks entirely different than what I recall. <laughs> and then I hear two voices mumbling and bumbling about in that Airbnb. And I think something's going wrong in River City. So I knock on the door <laughs> and the voices say, hello. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> so they're like, who is it? I'm like, the guy who's staying in this airbnb so oh, they open the door and it's these two guys just blazing weed so god yeah, respect dude. you know god bless the usa and i'm like all right this airbnb was double booked so i this is like midnight keep in mind you so i text the host Very and i'm cool. like i'm like hey i think you booked this airbnb call me back as soon as you can then i start talking to these guys and their story starts sounding a little crazy too so uh. these guys were supposed to go to an airbnb in chinatown Okay. When they when they arrived in Chinatown, this Airbnb, they got a message from this host that was like, "Oh, um, first of all, I'm out of the country, so you'll have to start coordinating with my co-host." Uh -huh. ah. And they're like, uh, "Yeah," and regrettably, the last tenants didn't return the keys, so uh, we actually have to send you to a new property. So this okay. this is an first of all, these guys are idiots because they sent money to a random number that was not through Airbnb. So strike one against them, but for sure. Apparently, my luck is so putrid that this scam just Googled an Airbnb, happened to find the one I was staying in, yeah. and here's where it gets crazy. They then faked a lease with these guys name on it so that a locksmith could be called to change oh the locks for them so, damn, so that's what happened to them so i'm trying to parse through all this now it's like 1 15 a.m because i'm talking with these guys and we're all freaking out then my host calls me and like panicking he's like what are you talking about it's impossible to double book airbnb these guys broke and entered into your home i'm calling the police oh so my I'm, God. Tr I'm trying to figure it out with them i'm like don't call the police and then my host is getting mad at me because he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That sounds like the craziest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yes believe, yes, believe me. That's the craziest thing that's ever happened. So this whole situation resolves at 3.30 a.m. Eventually, I'm like, boys, we're rooming tonight. And I guess we're both leaving in the morning. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. So I, 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 I quickly moved all my shit to Marissa H.'s house for two days. Let's give another applause to Marissa another, H. Yeah, and then I nice. now I'm finally in a normal Airbnb. B&B that's pretty much just a hotel room, but the Wi-Fi sucks shit. So that's why I'm here. So that is the long and winding road as why I'm here here in uh here back in the, the pod den. So yeah. Well, Thomas, I appreciate you giving us the lowdown on that. Uh I don't really have anything to say to yeah, that. That's because just what a, can you say? That's just a little, you know, just a little treat for the listeners to uh just just it, the big apple's taking a bite out of me, baby. <laughs> well, Thomas. Speaking of taking a bite out of something, mm. in honor of you being on the pod, like I said, I had a record with Mason M., our mm. friend, earlier today for It's on the List, and I had, you know, about two hours or so, 
and I said, what am I going to eat okay. in the two hours between this and that? And I've, I had to do it, Thomas. You had I to do it to him? Jersey Mike's. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah, King. What did you get? I keep, I've had Jersey Mike's twice in the past month at the Philly train station. Shout out to the 30th Street train station in Philly. Congrats. Shout out to the yeah. 30th Street train station. Uh, in my younger and more vulnerable days, I would get the number seven, which I believe is just the club sub. Or maybe that's the number eight is the club the sub. The club sub's great with the bacon. Yes. Yeah. I would get that. But. Wasn't feeling to going quite as heavy on that. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going with the number two, mm-hmm. which I believe is – I actually have the menu fucking – Hell yeah. Oh, right this here. is Norm's round two over here. We're about to do Jersey <laughs> Mike's. So we got the Jersey Shore's favorite. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's on the Jersey Shore's favorite off the top I of your head? I hope that there's gabagool. There is gabagool. Oh, hell yeah. It is, it is provolone, ham, and capicula, which as we all know is gabagool. the – which is the long-term version of Gabagool, the long yeah. version of saying Gabagool. But the description is, back in the 50s, Jersey Mike's was the only place in the world to oh, get no. a sub. Well, Locals I don't think that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm just, hey, uh, don't take it up with yeah, me. Right, I'll take it up with Mike. Here. Take it up with Jersey Mike over there. It says, back in the 50s, Jersey Mike's was one of the only places in the world to get a sub. Locals and vacationers flocked to Jersey Mike's to get our delicious number two. This fan favorite is stacked with provolone ham and capiculo. But I had that and I ate outside, not because I'm a pussy and scared of Mm COVID-19, but because it was nice out and so I wanted to sit outside. And Thomas... The chair was so bad. You would have oh, hated I'm this so chair. I'm so sorry. It did not provide the proper much. ergonomic support. No, it was too small, first and foremost. It's like, I think maybe like a mouse could have sat in that okay. chair and would have had a, like mouse a good house, time. But yes. I am not a mouse. That's as fair. You, can you are a man. See. I'm a man. I deserve to sit in a throne that is, you know. Fit for you know, a king. Fit for a king. You know, this, yeah. is a, there, this is another dude-centric episode. We're talking it's about a dude something ranch. titled yeah, that's a fair. Dude Ranch. Yeah. And I was just like, this chair sucks, but... You had to get the – I got it with uh, pickles. Oh, you got to get it Mike's way, baby. Extra vinegar. Uh, I, got, extra, I don't go extra vinegar, but I also get no tomatoes because I okay. do not like tomatoes There's, so That's much. not Mike's way. That's not the Mike I know. That's not my God, but that's okay. <laughs> Listen, we all, we all pray to a different God at the end of the day, but we're all praying to the same thing, and that is Jersey Mike's number two. God bless the – yes, not the USA. God bless the Gabagool. <laughs> God bless the Gabagool. What do you normally get when you go there? What's your uh, staple? I, controversially, am a tuna man myself. But that has been that, ve- so that has awful. been vetoed. <laughs> that has been vetoed by podcast guest Marissa H. So I'm a turkey sub guy. <laughs> Honestly, man, I don't blame. I ate turkey subs growing up so much, like just like from home or whatever, that I got burnt out. But a good turkey sub with like some provolone, that is the shit. Listen, turkey sub, Mike's way, extra vinegar. You can't go wrong. I'll be back at the 30th Street train station soon. I'm sure. I maybe <laughs> next Saturday I'll get it again. <laughs> Hopefully, and then maybe you could. We'll do some on the street course. We'll do some. Yeah, I'll call you up. We'll do a bonus app <laughs> <laughs> all right red jersey mics uh, yeah, i'm, I'm touching my pun in the bathroom <laughs> while i'm eating the sandwich yeah. i'm jacking off while eating a sandwich that's, it's awesome that, that's the dream baby well speaking of the dream thomas i think it's time for a little bit of a something or other okay all right excuse me i think it's time time I'm gonna like it here with you. So uh, I think it's time, Thomas. Yes. For a little update. Okay. 
on the thing you talked about last time, norms. What's going on with norms in your life since we talked oh, last? Oh my God, what's going on with norms in my <laughs> life since we talked last? Uh, my last interaction with norms, as it's only in SoCal, uh, yeah. was I was really hungover for a Saturday shift at the COVID factory job I had while in Torrance. I believe yeah. it was Jan the 3rd January, the final January before I left uh, LA. So I think that was Slot, January yeah. 21st or so. And I got norms door dashed to um, the COVID factory at about about a cool 9 a.m. on a Saturday. It was okay. pouring rain and I did not bring a coat and the driver was lost because it was in a medical plaza. So I stood out in the rain getting soaking wet and it got my omelet with, uh, I got a veggie omelet with a uh, sourdough toast and home fries and it got the bag a little wet. So it was a little soggy. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's how Norms is going. I've not had Norms uh, since, uh, but I've been sampling a lot of local diners. Shout outs to the Washington Heights Diner. They have the Shout best egg salad sandwich I've ever had. And I miss oh my God. And also there's a Gemini Diner around this place that I've been to. And they have a great uh, turkey. They have a great BLT. Okay. Any? Uh, how do they stack up two norms? Do they uh, give you the norms feel? No, because they're both a little better. But I do, <laughs> okay. I do miss the mind melting insanity of norms. I think if anything, that primed me for New York because the craziest thing that I've ever seen happens <laughs> to me every time I step out the door. Yeah, you, uh, you didn't break up this occurrence, but there was like a problem with like a fire hydrant, right? Yes. So today at my shift, so now I actually work uh, yet again at the COVID factory. Now a mobile vaccine site uh but um um a drunk driver at a cool 9 30 a.m drove into a fire hydrant and burst the fire hydrant passed yeah. out in his car the fire hydrant was just running for an hour and a half if we called the nypd three times they literally showed up each time looked at the guy shrugged and said not my problem and left hey, oh. only new york yeah baby. and so we tried calling the tow truck company it was going to take too long so eventually we just like slapped the guy awake we had to hot wire his car because he lost his keys because he was so man. drunk he was vomiting on himself and then we just put it in neutral and pushed him across the street <laughs> That sucks so bad. Oh, that and then so the wildest bad. part about this all was that people kept coming and stealing shit from his car because his doors were unlocked. <laughs> what a fucking dumbass, dude. What yeah. an absolute what moron. A, a true menace. But um, that was so that was just just a little sliver of spice this morning. But uh, that's, and that's not even the most deranged thing that's happened to you while you've been there. I have to imagine. Um, there have been so many things we could do a whole podcast, honestly. <laughs> but uh, but you know, for the listeners' sake. May, we don't i don't have to give my rolodex <laughs> yeah we'll save that for a very special edition yeah of, yeah uh, my favorite podcast my favorite big app <laughs> yeah yeah i got i could fill a book <laughs> yeah that's good uh all right thomas we're now at the fucking we're at the meat mm -hmm. we're at the fucking center of this bad boy i said to you please come back on the show daddy please come back mm -hmm. and give you a big kiss sent you some anthrax in the mail just kidding that is parody uh -huh. allegedly i did that mm -hmm. um mm-hmm and I said, you can pick whatever you want. That is the point of the show. And you said to me, I would like to talk about Dude Ranch yes. by Blink-182. And I said, no fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this guy wants to talk about Dude Ranch by Blink-182. You got to be shit. You got to be jumped out of my fucking skin. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be Drake and Josh and me on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas, 
Why did you pick this to talk about? Well, you know, I feel like I've been on your ass for a while about listening to this album. I think it's become a fun little tug, a push and pull between us where I keep saying you should listen to Dude Ranch and then you don't. And I get a little devil emoji. <laughs> but I believe I believe this started, I think, actually way back in November because you messaged me that you liked Check Person's Echo Jams Volume 1. And I did yes. not expect you to like that album. And But for whatever reason, I was like, oh, you should listen to Blink-182's Dude Ranch next because that was another album I wouldn't necessarily associate with you but i was feeling bold and you said okay smiley face but then it never happened <laughs> and seven months later i finally got you right where i want you as i'm forcing you to listen to dude ranch by blink 182 so this it's was been a, a cat and mouse it's been a cat and mouse game this was a long time coming but uh but i'm excited i'm excited to to i know this is not it's on the list so it's not a necessarily a media critique podcast but i'm i'm on tenter hooks to hear about what you thought about this album well we will get into that here later on in the show uh but what is your history with not only this album, but Blink-182? So Blink-182, I think, you know, is just one of those bands that a young man finds in middle school or high school. It's just a universal experience. I think, obviously, everyone heard, knows Damn It. I mean, it's now the Arthur theme song, so it's, like, impossible not to hear Damn wait, It. Yes, wait, go, it in, is. go in on that. Are uh, you serious? The, the theme song to Arthur is the, the part where it says, I guess this is growing up from Damn It. <laughs> so none, of, none of the rest on. of the song, but yeah. But no, I mean, Damn It's obviously inescapable. So, yeah, I discovered it, like, I think them on LimeWire, just downloading singles. It was, like, Damn It and Joe were the two and all the small things obviously were the two that you downloaded and um i was super into their greatest hits album in freshman year of high school and i've seen them twice accidentally because my dad okay. my dad kept winning tickets to see them through um, <laughs> through like american honda raffles and would just give them to me so i kept taking That's my friend i took my friend jonah Sicato both times shout outs to jonah um yeah, shout out. but uh there's a great photo of me uh, it's a really shitty like a flip phone photo of me standing in front of the marquee of the hollywood palladium taking a picture <laughs> on my own shitty flip phone of the sign that says blink 182 so that was that was very fun but i saw them in freshman year of college, of high school and junior year of high school um and yeah i mean they're just like a band that obviously has a lot of radio play it's just like a very fun pop punk radio friendly style and then i kind of like fell off of them for a bit because like the internet told me that they're bad and annoying and i listened to the internet and i was like this is dumb like all the small things sucks whatever and then once <laughs> i finally had my own opinions again about two years ago i got or only about a year ago <laughs> once i once i didn't let rate your music tell me exactly what to like um yeah I, what to think and do every single moment of your day yeah i i rediscovered enema of the state which is kind of their oh i guess that was 2019 that's like their their big that's the the album most that's their people. most famous album that's most, their most famous most album that was their breakthrough album um, that's the first one featuring Travis Barker that had all the small things that had um, what's my age again that had Adam's song it had all kind of the, the big hits um, but I rediscovered Enema of the State and I was like this is amazing like uh, the first song Dump Weed I think is like the coolest opening riff of all time some very oh, wow. some very fa-fa lyrics but uh, <laughs> the, the, the riff is a motherfucker but so I, I, I rediscovered Enema of the State and I just was like fell in love I was like I can't they have better hooks than the Beatles they got that that that, wow. that Back to back to wow. back to none of them, you know, they, they have they're better than Lennon and McCartney. They got the back to back to back to drum energy. Travis Barker, <laughs> Travis Barker is insane. 
just very technical. The Samba breakdown and Decentury Gary changed the face of pop punk <laughs> drumming forever. Oh, I have a very good story about I visited my brother in Berkeley and he, my brother was like, oh, this is Thomas. He's a music guy. And I just like screamed at his friends for like 30 minutes about the Samba breakdown and Decentury Gary. And all of them were very <laughs> scared and didn't want to see me the next day. But that's okay. <laughs> it's kind of like when you and I were at uh, our mutual friend Federico's house yes. uh, and somebody asked you somebody asked you what kind of music you listen to and you to, said that's a bad question <laughs> I I, it, I like interrupted your conversation with this person I came in from completely out of the fucking picture and I was like you might not want to ask, ask him that, that. Yeah. that but, sucks yeah it sucks but no Anima the State was kind of my breakthrough I was like oh Blink-182 is great like I, I love them again I'm just gonna and I just like listened to that for a year and then um, I tried Dude Ranch because I was like oh okay like um actually uh now editor-in-chief of mary Graham magazine cj simon said said uh you're you're young on your journey dude ranch is actually the best blink 182 album and i laughed and i wow. scoffed and i listened to it at the gym and i at first i only gave it a three out of five on rachermusic.com but okay. um wow. i I, right. re I rediscovered dude ranch in covid and it just really kind of it even more so than gex even more so than any other album it kind of became the covid album for me and i think that that has kind of been true for a lot of people where there's there's like a of just any sort of media that they kind of have rallied around in the past year that's gotten them through it. But um, yeah, it just, it, I, I've listened to it like literally almost every day in full. Um, it just like keeps unlocking new and new layers. And it just like took me maybe like two more listens before I was like, Oh yeah, this is like the, most pure distillation of blink 182 because it has the it has much more punky riffs than enema of the state it's a little less cleanly produced the drummer scott rayner was a literal train wreck in real life but it's like his drumming is like so like desperate and just like totally yeah. it's like almost it's always about almost about to fall apart which i think contributes to a really cool just like kind of more punk ethos the hooks are still as good i think it has better riffs than enema of the state and the lyrics which we'll obviously talk about there's just so much on this album it's just like they there's either just these like they're very direct and they're not like floored or anything, but there's just a lot of heart and a lot of emotion and a lot of just like these these complicated and confusing feelings about like frustration and desire and you know heartbreak and loss sure, and yeah, victory yeah. and growing up and it's just like it, I just feel like it it kind of even though that they obviously at the time in the 90s wrote it more they were in their early 20s writing it more about like you know relationships and whatnot just a lot of the themes on it have kind of uh, applied to how we all feel in covid with just like this this frustration and this want for more totally. and, and this yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, i don't know i just it, it's a, i love the album and i think that it just uh, i think any doubts people have about blink 182 are kind of addressed by this because i think there's just so much heart on this and there's also of course songs about jacking off in trees because of tom delong but right, um but uh, no just uh yeah this this album has just become just a real source of comfort for me and it's a great gym album it's a great train album it's a great just sitting around in your house album i just yeah i love dude ranch uh i wanted two things in there that i want to that i want to hit on one sillier than the other the first being you talking about taking the cell phone picture of the hollywood palladium yes. marquee reminds me i don't know how many people know about this maybe this is only like true thomas heads and like real thomas lore people know about this i don't know you have to tell me mm -hmm. But it reminds me of your old Facebook status where you're talking about listening to Take Care by Drake. Yes, 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 yes. It was a, I think <laughs> What's I, going I, on with that? I tweeted or I Facebook status that from my dining room table. I still remember I was like, mm, nothing better than a cup of coffee at Drake's Take Care on a yes, sunset bro. day. <laughs> 
just like the most like yes bro yes fuck yes dude that kind was, of shit i think that world. was thanksgiving break 2010 so shout out to me <laughs> and uh and my favorite to this day i still almost pee myself laughing on that status my dad just comments boo <laughs> We gotta love Mark S. We gotta Mark love S. Mark S. Coming in with the fucking fire comment. He roasted your ass. He roasted my ass. We gotta love Mark S. For that. But um. Uh, but yes. So thank you for yeah. The same era. Same same energy. Certainly. Definitely. Um. And I think that the other thing that I wanted to pull out of what you were talking about is not only I think a lot of the time in or I think recently on this show a lot of what we've been talking about has been related to how I was feeling during the pandemic, how I was feeling during like those beginning stages and a lot of like what that meant for a lot of people, because especially at the beginning, most, if not all people were at home, obviously as the pandemic Mm -hmm. raged on more and more people had to go back to work or were required to go back to work or ended up going back into some sort of workforce, whether it be an office or a retail store or a food place or whatever. Uh, and I think a lot of people, I like talked to my friend Willa about this with America's Next Top Model. She was, or they were talking about how just like it just reminded them of a like simpler time in their life where shit wasn't as crazy and we had a little bit more control or felt like we had a little bit more control about what was going on. Does that at all ring true to you about where you're, where at I, when you were really into this or actually no, because I, it, I think why it defined COVID for me is because this is an album of such transition and such uncertainty. I think this is an album of um, there's a, there's a lyric with this, like uh, I know just where I stand a boy trapped in the body of a man where, well, obviously that's more about transitioning from juvenile to a, adulthood i still think that that kind of like that that feeling of like not knowing where to go or not knowing how to grow from covid was was kind of the the overall theme that that spoke to me it just like it just the general sense of um uncertainty but like hope that there could be something more i think is kind of why this i associated this album with covid and why it why it spoke true to me yeah because it seemed as though you were kind of having a good 2020 in a lot of 2020 ways, you was know? the best year I've had since uh, 2012 and 2021 <laughs> got some tricks up its sleeve, but you know, I did, I did take a big swing and just uh, upended my entire life to start over somewhere else. So that's all, that's all, you know, expected. And I think though that this Absolutely. is also a great album for that. Cause it's just an album about what the fuck, like how, what do I, yeah. what do I do now? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, That yeah. whole idea of like, cause it's interesting. Cause I feel like a lot of people ended up like, acclimating whether they wanted to or not to you know the covid lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know in some way shape or form it was very different you know late february 2020 looked a lot different than late march 2020 for Mm -hmm. almost everybody in the u.s and the world and then you got sort of acclimated to it and i think there is a you know a bit of a fear for a lot of people depending on what their work situation has been or even not so what do we do now that things are changing again like there's uncertainty always that transitionary period of like oh shit, how do we handle a pandemic? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. A transitionary period of like, you know, is this shit ever going to end? Are we ever going to get it out of this shit? And now with, you know, people getting vaccinated, a lot of people already at full immunity. It's like, what the hell do we do now? Well, like, yeah, how now, do we transition How do we next? go back to quote unquote normal? And I think that's exactly. kind of just this almost looming cloud of anxiety, like parties, social events, like seeing people in restaurant, like what? It's weird. Like, I don't know. Nobody, know, you know, it's, it's hard to know how to act. And I think though that 
still still a dude ran a total bro moment a total dude ranch <laughs> yes. moment just not yes, yeah 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 sitting on the toilet that's a dude ranch that's a dude ranch right moment it's probably while well, there are you know some fart sounds and whatnot along the way from good old mr delong so yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah some very gentle very like easygoing fart yeah. sounds and then just rocket you into the just next rocket song. into the track yeah um what do you think makes Blink-182 a cut above other bands of their ilk, whether you want to call it pop punk, just punk, whatever you want to call it? What puts them Melody. a cut above? They write pop songs. Melody. They are a pop band. They, I'm almost not kidding when I say that they have those riffs as good as the Beatles. They have a natural <laughs> – they're not complex. At least the guitar and bass parts aren't typically that complex, And it, but they know how to write a hook. They just have hooks for days. Uh, even when it's kind of, especially on their earlier career, even when it's buried by the fact that they weren't vocally trained whatsoever until en- right. Enema of the State. And even when Scott Rayner was the drummer, where the drumming was a little sloppier, but kind of more energetic and true to the original, you know, punk sound and whatnot. I still think that just the melodies are insane. Like even their first album, which I actually don't like, it's a little too rough. It's uh, originally, I think it was Buddha, but they renamed it Cheshire Cat. Uh, right. Even that had Carousel, which I don't know how versed you are in Blink-182, but like that's like just that riff is just like an all-timer and that was like one of the first songs they ever wrote so i think that it's just riffs and an innate sense of melody that makes them a cut above yeah not to get too ahead of ourselves with actually talking about the album specifically but i was very surprised how much more punk it sounded than what i was used to with blink 182 because i think most of my blink 182 experiences from enema of the state and the self-titled and take off your pants and jacket and whatnot yeah yeah which I just realized yes. for the first time yeah. is a pun, yes. and that blew my fucking mind. Yeah, actually, mind, me too. Bro. Me too. That was within the last year. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I texted my buddy uh, Alexander, who's been on the show multiple times, and he's a big Blink One Eighty Two yeah. guy. And I was like, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Sent him the album and just said, ha ha. Look at this idiot. Look at this. Yeah. And he was like, oh my god, why are you listening to this album? Like, why are you doing this? I'm I like, act- look at the title, yeah. bro. Yeah. Take off your pants and jacket. Probably my least favorite one, but that's okay. We the different different really? pockets. But uh, well, no, they're new stuff with like Matsky, but but obviously that shit's bad. But I would yes. say take off your pants and jacket might actually be worse than neighborhoods, which is a controversial opinion. But that's okay. Um, that's yes. a very Thomas opinion. It feels like Dude Ranch is much more punk. Uh, it was kind of while Enema of the State, I guess, was their true transitional album in the sense that it transitioned them to a mainstream viability. Dude Ranch was a kind of the last of the old guard of Blink One Eighty Two, so yeah, it, it is sure. still definitely a punk album, tried and true. But I believe they, Tom and Mark, began trying to actually train their voices, and like it was, it, it, you could they took it a little more seriously than than cheshire cat and all the demos and whatnot so it but and i do believe now i agree with cj that is in my opinion the most perfect distillation of what that band once was even if they are not that any longer well what do you think they once were and what do you think they transitioned well they they transitioned into a a, you know a a pop band more or less i mean you know they just make radio pop now which no no disrespect but it's just like in terms of a punk band in terms of skate punk which was a very local socal scene it's like this was just kind of the the vanguard of that and i think that this is just kind of a defining moment in that scene and a defining moment of like socal 90s punk in particular yeah i was actually wondering about that because you are a you know prior to moving to new york you were born and raised in sunny southern california i'm wondering does this album 
make you feel like home or give you any like memory of home or give you a sense of place in that way or no? Uh, that's interesting. Not well, this is specifically San Diego, which is, I guess, a different sure. vibe. Yes. But uh, no, th this does definitely feel like a SoCal album. It just feels like, you know, crushing a Mexican lager, having a taco, yes, skating, surfing at the beach, you know, just driving going around to the habit burger, going to the habit burger, just driving around with your dumbass friends, smoking weed in high school. Like it definitely has that vibe. And I think, um, you know, more so than like, I don't know what other bands are associated with California, I guess like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sublime, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, Sublime. But th th this is, yeah, definitely like SoCal skate scene. Like it's like, this is pretty much everyone actually in the South Bay. So like, uh, so actually the burnout parts of Torrance, uh, Redondo Beach, uh, kind Let's of, go. yeah, yeah. Hermosa Beach. This is very much the, the those like skater, sk leathery skater dudes. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute fucks. <laughs> yeah, just, just absolute like... fucks. Just dried beef jerky strips of humanity. But yeah. Can I tell you a quick story? about the habit burger real quick uh, sure friend. sure okay so our mutual friend mr michael stanziali mm -hmm. shout out to michael stanziali uh i was working for him one day when i was first moving to la it was a long day it was like 14 hour day or whatever the call time was in what is that air playa del rey where okay. lmu is mm -hmm. like over in that area mm -hmm. i'm living in north hollywood so very, very far very from, far. from playa del rey <laughs> very fucking far and i was putting something in mike's car and then I was like, that was like the last thing I had to do. And then I could like go home and sleep for three hours and then get up and do it again yes. the next day. Uh, and uh, he, I was like, is there anything else you need me to do? He's like, no, you're good. Like, go ahead. Like, take off. Like, good work today. And I was like, thanks, man. So I get in my car. I'm driving back. And I'm so hungry. And I'm like, I don't want to cook anything when I get home. I just need a good bite, like, real quick. And there's a Habit Burger right where I used to live in North Hollywood. Right off, I don't know if you know this intersection. It's a very infamous intersection in California. It's Camarillo, Lankershim, and uh, Vineland. Yeah, Do you know evil, where that is? Yeah, evil, evil intersection. Yeah. Yeah, really fucking awful. And there is a Habit Burger right there yes. right next to a cvs I yeah believe. vineland and oh yes vineland and lancashire i do know yes 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 yeah, yeah. yes and camarillo is the one going east and yeah. west that turns into riverside uh love that for the la fans yeah, yeah, for freaking all our, out yeah. holy, holy fucking shit, shit he dude said <laughs> he said the fucking name of the fucking street let's fucking go uh and i pull into the habit burger parking lot and i'm like holy shit i'm gonna go in there i'm about to get something to eat and right as i get out of my car I feel something in my back ass pocket. Oh, it was the thing like, you had to put in Mike's <laughs> car, wasn't it? Well, no, it's even worse because I pull, I like reach into my back pocket, pull out what's in there, and it's Mike's car keys that I had put oh, in yes, my back Oh, yes, that is pocket. much worse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> much worse. And the second that I realized that my, I had Mike's car keys, who calls me but Mike Stanzioli? But Mike, a very angry Mike Stanzioli. Yes. And he's like, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, can you drive back here and yeah. give me my keys? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yes. So I had to drive all the way back yeah. from North Hollywood to Playa del Rey. That's, uh, that's awful. Keys. And I'm sorry you experienced that. Yes, it was really, really awful. And then I went back to Habit Burger and got a Habit <laughs> okay, Burger. Okay, you still returned to Habit Burger, Burger. damn. Yeah. Still fucking hungry. I had yeah. to get the fries. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. Uh, we're going to move on. Right. Uh, were you into other Warped Tour or that like world of music at any time? Um, 
retroactively kind of actually gex uh did open that for me because oh, no. there, there's more crossover than you'd think i think that kind of like um but that whole punk scene sort of passed me by because like right after blink 182 i <laughs> i was a white rap kid so like after blink Damn, my, after my go. after my blink 182 fa- phase i was a wu-tang clan kid so that kind of uh <laughs> took me through two years of high school and then i was into um sad uh, indie music and then i discovered rachermusic.com and my life was ruined forever so <laughs> warped tour yeah. did sort of pass me by because system of a down was my other big band and they were never at warped so i think blink was kind of my main my main um main tap into that scene so never attending any warped tours or no i there? wanted to yeah. go in 2019 and i should have uh, if i could do it all again i would have i would have gone at the jersey shore because i think that was the last year but can't you can't take back time Noah. no you can't take back you can't time time heals all wounds except not except going to work tour, tour and, the, and the black sabbath farewell tour those are my two big regrets yeah oh what was up with the black sabbath farewell tour? i just could have gone to their final tour black sabbath was my, was my first favorite band in sixth grade and i just didn't because i was just like i'm in college and don't have money and then i was like i should have just spent 50 bucks like it's yep. fine <laughs> yeah yep. but Where were now they gonna they're play? not gonna at uh, the hollywood uh, bowl would have been great. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah. now they're not touring anymore, so fuck it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See ya, you stupid fucks. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, okay. There, that whole, like, ilk of band. I remember in middle school, there were just these girls that I was just so in love with who Hell liked, yeah. like, Taking Back Sunday, oh, All yes. Time Low. Yeah, yeah, yeah simple plan to a certain extent and then like do you remember never shout never oh do i ever <laughs> i i re-listened to never shout never with our friend sienna for one of our listening parties which one did was it the one with uh trouble was i was it like the one? ep but maybe maybe that was on it but yeah there's a there's a song by never shout never called trouble and i memorized that song to so impress that I could the ladies talk, to Hell impress yeah. the these two girls who I really liked one of them, but I was like better friends with the other one. Mm-hmm. So it was like a weird, like some kind of wonderful situation yes. <laughs> where I was like, oh, I want to fuck the shit out of this middle school. Yeah, yeah, I want to kiss this girl on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to kiss this girl so hard that I just yes, <laughs> yeah. what I want. Hell yeah. And then this other girl who I was like actually better friends with, I was like, fuck, man. Like, I don't know. I just, like, I just <laughs> like her so much. I don't know what to do. I got to get my fucking nut off somehow. And she's like, haha, that's cool. It's like my best friend in the world. So oh, nice. shouldn't be talking to me. About yeah, that's that. fair. That's never a good idea to tell, to tell that <laughs> to her best friend. Yeah. But, uh, I remember just listening to like that ilk of band, like that kind of band, and I kind of got back into that a little bit during the pandemic as well. Most famously with Punk Goes Crunk. Have you ever yeah, listened oh, to Punk Goes I, Crunk? I not, but I know I know the, the vibes. <laughs> there is a cover of I Want to Love You on that. Okay. I think done by The Main. That's do you remember insane. The main? I do remember The Main. That sounds, Fuck, that's yeah. one for the fans at home. <laughs> let's, let's, let's fucking, play. let's just pull up Punk Goes Crunk real <laughs> okay. quick. Take a look at what. Okay, punk. Here we go. Yep, and it's got like a Nate Roos looking guy yep. on like the mm-hmm, front of it mm-hmm. with crunk just all blinged out. Absolutely. Uh, all right, here we go. I got your money done by say anything. That okay. is just Evil. an absolutely yep. insane thing mm-hmm. to hear. Uh, the Men in Black theme by Forever the Sickest Kids. Would not necessarily say that's crunk, but I respect that the Forever the Sickest Kids got on it anyway. <laughs> yep, the I Want to Love You is by the main. So I rem- that one I remember so Pitch clearly. perfect, yes. 
the other one that I remember so clearly is All Time Low doing Umbrella, which mm-hmm. I also thought was absolutely Baba at the time. Very uh, Baba. I still think it's Baba yeah. <laughs> to do it. Uh, and then Gin and Juice by Hot Rod Circuit Ooh, is sounds really awful. gross. Yeah. yeah, pass. Yeah, big pass. And then Tennessee by Newfound Glory, which that is one of the worst things I've ever. Yeah, that's about a, in my that's an evil life. combination. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you ever want to, ch- if anyone ever wants to check out and just absolutely feel like your dick is just shrinking, just just, just punk to, goes the crunk. nth degree, yeah. just punk goes crunk. Hell yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Um, okay, so moving away a little bit specifically from. Blink-182 and, like, that just, like, whole scene, just a little bit more broadly. I know you said specifically that the lyrics are something you really wanted Mm -hmm. to look at in regards to Dude Ranch. So before we talk about that, I just want to kind of talk about lyrics a little bit more broadly. When you listen to music, are lyrics the foremost thing you're listening to? Are you listening to it sort of all as one thing? Where do lyrics rank for you as far as, like, listening priority usually actually very low uh, i gotcha. was an anno- i kind of had the annoying opinion for a while that the human voice is just an instrument and an aesthetic layer and i had very <laughs> annoying college theses about how autotune fills in with that and stuff and like vaporwave so i was a shithead <laughs> uh but no most people think i'm a lyrics guy and famously i'm not a huge fan of radiohead and people always come at me about that in regards to the lyrics and whatnot uh i think paranoid and i don't know chris brady denton once told me that i would like the lyrics for radiohead but i didn't listen but in any case um no lyrics usually only hit for me if i've heard the album like a handful of times and just appreciate the general like tone of it or i guess like the the energy or whatnot so that's usually what latches on that's what uh i latch on to with music and that's why i do like many things that are not very lyrically um advanced that's why i like a lot of euro pop and stuff because i think it is all at a certain point just vibes but uh sure. usually if i hear like one lyric that i'm like that lands i'm like oh and then i like look and i look <laughs> yes, into more bro. and then eventually i like look up the lyrics or just listen to songs enough that i can hear them clearly and then i'm like wow <laughs> so yeah <laughs> being illuminated after the 25th time yeah. of listening to an album yeah Fuck, they're actually saying some well, shit. Well, it's, it's true. I mean, even back just in February, the song Lemmings, I had I had heard a few times. The, the the second half of the album is a little bit less strong than the first, but um Lemmings was one that I just like finally heard the lyrics to in February, and I was just like, <laughs> 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 like just the Donald Duck. Boner yeah, just meme. the Donald Duck boner meme. So it's like you know, it just new listens unlock unlock new treasures. It's interesting you say that though, because I actually. I am actually very similar in terms of how I listen to a album for the first time or just music in general. To me, it all melds together into just the overall sound of yeah, the album. Definitely. Like for me at part like like definitely on a first listen, but like even like if I choose to go back to an album or keep listening to an album that I really like, I'll just fill in whatever I think the lyrics are if I'm trying to sing along. But to me it all is part of the overall sound of the album the lyrics have like their own idea as far Mm -hmm. as just like how it contributes to the sonic sounds and the melodies but i'm like not actually listening to the lyrics unless it's like paul simon or something that's very specifically about how he constructs or how the artist constructs the different lyrics which i also feel like is sort of antithetical to usually my interest because I am, you know, a little bit favoring more in the writing world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, I'm, I'm the same way where it's like, I'm not going to really take the lyrics super into consideration until way down the line. Yeah. I don't know why that is though, to be honest with you, you know? Um, I think it's just general, um, ways of approaching it i guess like also i almost have a weird bias where i assume a lot of lyrics are kind of like 
not bullshit, but like, I feel like writing lyrics, I don't know, just like, it's just, it's just like, it's always just seems like set dressing. Cause it's like, in my opinion, coming up with the music is the harder part or almost the more rewarding part. But then again, it's like, obviously your favorite songs are always ones you like, like the lyrics to usually, of I course, think yeah. maybe not stupid horse by a hundred gecks, but you know, <laughs> yeah. well, I think you like the lyrics. I like the lyrics. That's true. I can't say they like spoke to me necessarily. It was more the sonic presentation that really electrified me. But yes. (laughs) When, when is it Dylan who says, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. That's a very exciting. That's very exciting for me. I always cheer. I go, whoop, picking it up. Oh fuck dude. He's picking it up. I'm about to put it down. Yes, chef. Yes. Yes, chef. Okay. Um, what do you think makes a lyric interesting? Like, just in a general like idea of like you know we're gonna talk about specific lyrics here in Dude Ranch, mm-hmm. but just generally, what do you like think or how do you f- consider a lyric to be good or what catches your attention? I in think a, lyric? a turn of phrase is always interesting. The band Los Campesinos, uh, which is I guess my legacy favorite band, has a lot of sure. lyrics where it's like just the way that in which they turn a phrase is just like kind of like oh or just like just like catches sure, your guard. Yeah. But I guess what I generally tend to appreciate about lyrics is a certain sense of directness. And it's not saying that they're dumb or simplistic, but it's like a strong emotion expressed clearly with just a little totally. a little zhuzh is kind of what yes. I appreciate about a lyric. Cause like, I don't necessarily like to think about things too much. Sometimes I just like to hear something that's like, oh wow, that's like, that's just like a feeling, but it's just like phrased in just a slightly more intricate way than just like the raw, you know? A hundred percent. And actually, uh, a person who's been on it's on the list and is more of a more of someone Mason knows, but has become a friend of ours. Uh, Ryan Kenny mm-hmm. uh, actually put it very interestingly. We were watching Passing Strange, which is a recording of a Broadway musical done by uh, Stu uh, and recorded by Spike Lee. Oh, and nice. he, and yeah, it was really good. And uh, Ryan put it interestingly, and I don't want to fuck up what he said, but basically <laughs> it was something to the effect of like when something is done in art that is so obvious in how it is stated but you've never thought about it in that way before yeah it just hits so perfectly and i think that is a lot of what you're talking about as well where it's like yeah like in the movie i just came to mind like right away in the movie punch drunk love Mm -hmm. when adam sandler goes to confront philip seymour hoffman and says i have a lot of love in my life it's stronger it makes me stronger than anything you could imagine like totally fucking blew me away broke my heart like all that shit and it's so simple and so yeah. straightforward and so directly emotional that it's like anyone could have quote unquote written that, but it's the fact that they put it in that way what makes it so special. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Amazing. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And who are some of your favorite songwriters? Just like off the top, outside of our friends at Blink One Eighty Two. Do I, not have I don't have. I don't have favorite songwriters. Sorry. I, I'm not wow. trying to. I'm not trying to just deflect. I just like I don't think of music in that way really. Got you. Okay. Well, <laughs> I got some. I got some favorite songwriters. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll share them with you. Yeah. Uh, I think Jeff Rosenstock is okay. a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. That's a I good think pick. Jeff Rosenstock. Yeah, his music is just so specifically crafted, so nice. Uh, really fits well with the music that he's playing too. It sounds like very smooth and very just with it. Uh, John Darnell. Mountain mm-hmm, Goats, mm-hmm. who I know you actually are recent yes, to the Mountain Goats, uh, right? Uh, the make it through this year if it kills me. I heard that for the first time in my life this January, which everyone was shocked by, but that was a great one. <laughs> yeah, he is amazing, man. If you get a chance, his catalog, I'm not even real deep into the Mountain Goats mm-hmm. catalog, but our friend Rocky oh, is like yeah. forward and mm-hmm. backwards on that, but there's some 
amazing stuff in the Mountain Goats catalog. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our past guest on this show, truly enough, Dylan Slocum from Spanish Yes, yes, indeed. Amazing songwriter. Yeah. Like, just the way that he posits things on Brave Faces, everyone, the lyric that always sticks with me is, I've only ever been a kid pointing out dead dogs on the road Mm -hmm. from, I can't not remember, it's a long title, but it's like the eighth track on the album Mm -hmm. or something like that. I'd never thought about anything like that in that way before, and him just putting it that way, I was like, that's a very clear image. I know what that kid looks like. I can see it in my head. That hits home, mm, yeah. you know? Uh, and then Jeff Tweedy uh, from Oh, Wilco. yeah, yeah, of course. One of my faves. Mm. have been listening to them just on and off so much, uh, especially of late, uh, because Jeff Tweedy's a little bit more prolific than mm. I actually first realized. Have you ever heard of Golden Smog? No, no, actually. Golden Smog was an alt-country super group okay from the 90s and it was oh Jeff with his Tweedy like from tu- Wilco. tupelo era uncle tupelo what's that one other side project uh loose fur no he has one called like tupelo doesn't he uh, i don't know about okay, that yeah. maybe it is uncle tupelo i actually don't know what that is but he it was a golden smog was a super group and it kind of rotated out people but in the first album they did which is called down by the old mainstream it's jeff Tweedy from wilco the two main guys from the Jayhawks. Okay. Uh, and the lead guy from Soul Asylum. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nice. And it's just all yeah. those 30-year-old white dudes Hell getting yeah. together to make this alt-country album, and it is so fucking good. And the last song is called Radio King, and it's a Jeff Tweedy penned song, and it just breaks my fucking heart every time. All right. Uh, and then you have to we have to shout out, because she's sitting in the room as well, got to shout out Judy Sill Oh, as yes, well. of course. Judy Sill. Yeah. Amazing songwriter. Mm-hmm. Just the most beautiful images of all time. Uh, well, Chef, that is the first part of the show. Normally, okay. I put some fast facts here, but mm-hmm. guess what? I do not want to fucking do fast okay. facts this episode. Get fucked, that, fast facts. <laughs> does that piss you off? Does that make you mad? Uh, you know, I was expecting them, but I can, I, I'm can. i adaptable. If anything, I know how to roll with the punches. <laughs> Clearly, that's you, you're taking a bite out of the Big Apple. It's taking a bite out yeah. of you, and like, guess what? I got a bigger mouth than you I got you a do. bigger mouth than you could do. Like Adam Sandler, I got a lot of love in my life. I got a big <laughs> mouth in my life. <laughs> I got a, I got three seasons of Big yeah, Mouth in my yeah. life, and they're all funnier than the last. Yeah. Uh, well, let's actually just talk about fucking Dude Ranch. All right, let's talk about Dude lives. Ranch. I'm still waiting. Fifty three minutes later, I. What do you think? What do you think of <laughs> Dude Ranch? Thomas. Yeah. I really like this album. Okay, that's very. That's a big. That's a big <laughs> relief for me. <laughs> it is. And I'm. I, I've not told you this. I've not. Uh, I've not said what I'm about to say to anybody actually, but. There was a time where you and I and Mason have a little DM mm-hmm. going, a little mm-hmm. fun little DM, mm-hmm. and there was a there was a day where you were like really on my ass yeah. <laughs> listening to this album. You were just like, you got to listen to this album, yeah. you got to listen to this album, you got to listen to this album. So I'm like, okay, I got to get the fucking monkey off my back yeah, here. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. listen gotta to this album. And I got about, let's see, I actually have it pulled up here. I think I got... Maybe to boring, which is the fourth track on the album, because I knew "Damn It." Yeah, everyone of course. knows, everyone Damn, knows it. "Damn It." Damn It's one of their biggest hits. Uh, and I got to boring. I was like, I don't like this. This shocks. Oh I damn! Don't fucking listen oh no! To this. Okay. And so I stopped listening, and I was like, uh, maybe I'll one day I'll come back to Dude yeah. Ranch. And then you got me on for the, or the, I got you on for the pod, and you were like, "All right, we're doing Dude Ranch." And I was like, "Okay, time to not like the rest well, yeah, of time Dude to Ranch." Not enjoy Dude Ranch, <laughs> but. I really did because okay. literally Dick Lips, which is track yeah. number five, yeah. all the way down to Apple Shampoo, which mm-hmm. is track number nine, 
It's the strongest part of the album, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just hit like after hit after told. hit. Oh, no. Apple Shampoo to Emo, that transition for some reason always gets me. Because once Apple Shampoo ends with its big chord, that's like, do, 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 I just think it's a great transition. But Well, I was curious. I wanted to start out actually asking you musically, what do we like specifically from Dude Ranch? What stands out to you about the music, the melody, the actual sonicness of this album? Um... In terms of the music itself, I just like, I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's just like, it is just tends to be, uh, I'll just riff after riff after riff. So they have like a very simple setup. I mean, it is always only um, bass, uh, guitar and drums. And I think it's uh, it's interesting because the guitar is usually the most simplistic part. Tom DeLonge is not a very intricate guitarist, but another kind of hidden uh, bonus feature of Blink-182 is how, uh, how like, um, energetic and lively the bass lines are because mark hoppus is kind of in his bag for a lot of um dude ranch and so it's it's an interesting combination of like somewhat straightforward guitar and like more intricate than you'd expect bass work and then the drumming on this album is like pretty much the same rhythmic composite it is a lot of but it works i don't know and i just i it it feels like i like the kind of just the slight sense of like steaming jalopy like it always feels like it's two two shakes of a lamb's tail from falling apart (laughs) off the rails entirely which i think i just contribute to the overall energy of it yeah and i said it earlier but you know it, it go, i think it bears repeating that if you are not as familiar with pre-enema of the state blink 182 this definitely has more of that punk feel yeah. more on the punk side less it's, on it's the much more it's much more raw it is much more raw and i think the drumming actually is like the main contributor of that because yeah you know, Travis Barker, obviously a legendary mm-hmm. drummer in his own right, has kind of made a name for himself as a drummer, even outside of the world yeah. of Blink-182, which is hard to do. It's yes, hard to it's do hard that, to be a drummer, drummer. Yeah, yeah. That, like, is world-renowned. Like, do you remember the Soldier Boy-Travis Barker collab? Yes. Oh, do I? Yes, indeed. <laughs> that just and then me now, and my friends Travis Barker is a very swaggy, does a lot of work with Suicide Boys now, so he's got that SoundCloud rap clout. <laughs> Let's go. Travis Barker is fucking making waves in Gen Z, and yeah. we, are, we don't know how to handle it. We, yet, and he's dating uh, Courtney Kardashian, so a very big moment for my brand. Whoa, wait, for real? When <laughs> yeah. did that happen? Uh, about two months ago, uh, they started okay. dating. Yeah. Congrats to the happy couple happy for couple, the next yeah. however long yeah, yeah, that yeah, goes yeah. on for. Uh, but I do think that this is a very punk centered album and i do think the drumming you said his name was scott rayner scott rayner yeah yeah i think the drumming has a lot to do with that i think that the drumming is very frenetic it's very fast paced but these songs almost always start out simple they almost always start out very basic very like this is the bass line this is the riff Mm -hmm. this is the drum beat and then they descend into madness, I feel like. And that's kind of cool musically, I think, at least on a structural standpoint. You yeah, know? well, I think it's just like that sense of just like, it feels like they're almost pushing each other just like to keep up that energy. And it's like kind of like almost straining, I guess. And I think that that kind of just contributes, it, it augments just kind of a lot of the themes as well, because a lot of this is like very yearning and, and whatnot. So I think that the music kind of bolsters that sense of just like raw, like emotion and feeling. Like there's no, there's no slow songs really until I, I'm, I guess the first part of I'm sorry is like the first time yeah. we ever get a break. Almost. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it is, it's, it's just, it's a little, it's a little off putting almost if you are just used to enema of the state and forward yeah. Blink 182 to hear this. It's not a transition because we're going backwards in time, but like just it, to hear it at first, it was a little off putting. And then when I really sat with it and gave it more time, I was like, yeah, I can like fuck with this. Like there is some, serious like 
I don't know. It, like you said, it's simple, but there's like very clear musicianship yeah. in these like things that they're building. So this is absolutely worth a look if you have not dove in backwards into the Blink-182 catalog. Yeah. So you get a big thumbs up for me. On Thank this you. Album, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, we've got another one in the fold. <laughs> got a, well, it was, what was it? It was, was Death, he- Death Heaven Sunbather was your wreck as well, yes, right? Yes. And uh, yeah, yes. so I've, I've, I've gone gone big with Sunbather, Echo Jams, Volume 1, and Dude Ranch. So that's cool. <laughs> I think I think if I had to rank the three, I think it's got to be Echo Jams at the top just because mm-hmm. I was like so surprised mm-hmm. at how much I liked that. It was like, Oh shit! Like I could put this on in the dark and like and just vibe. smoke my <laughs> yeah. smoke my metaphorical weed smoke and jack my off tiny my metaphorical up. dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put Rick and Morty on the TV Hell and feel yeah. unstoppable Hell yes. <laughs> for once yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, but Thomas, lyrically, let's actually dive in because okay. this is sort of the this is the the this is the main course, so mm-hmm. to speak. This mm-hmm. is the main entree of what we're here talking about today. Uh, what are your favorite lyrics in this album? Sure. So um, I, my two favorite songs, which I think the lyrics kind of hit across the board are Waggy and Apple Shampoo. So I will save that for the end, I sure, guess. Sure. But uh, yeah, I've sent you a collection of little ones that stand out for me and we'll just kind of uh, discuss them through. So I think just right off the top, the opening track, Pathetic, and I think that this is kind of it. It is a little bit maybe going to make or break some people's opinions because this is an interesting opener because I think that also it's it feels like I think over the course of the entire album, it's the one where the drumming and the um, riffs actually do seem the least in sync. Like it is a hard sure. it's a hard uh, pocket to enter. But I think that kind of just the, the very simple couplet, the main chorus just kind of is a, a great example of just what the album has to offer in general, because we first of all, we have it's a trade off between Tom and Mark and um and so the, the couple that stands out for the couplet that stands out from this one is just don't pull me down. This is where I belong. And then Tom responds, I think I'm different, but I'm the same and I'm wrong. And I think that that sure. kind of dichotomy between um, sentiments is kind of indicative of the thematic whole where it's like just that that warring sense between yes. all of us where it's like, what do I stand tall or am I actually a little scaled? And I think that that, that <laughs> yeah. is perfectly, but it's like, it's like it's like the perfect trade off because it's like, don't pull me down. This is where I belong. So it's like, I'm here. You know, this is where this is. I'm sturdy. I'm, I'm secure in what I believe and where I'm at in life. But then it's like, I think I'm different, but I'm the same and I'm wrong. So it's like there is nothing special about me. Like there's nothing that I have to offer. I just think it, I don't know. It's just delivered with an ease and it's a throwaway throwaway couplet in some ways but i think that like that entire that vibe kind of carries through throughout the rest of the album and i think it's a great uh introduction of theme <laughs> is this is this the opening lyric yeah. of the song no um it's uh the opening lyric is uh you are pathetic i knew when she said it uh, when she drove me home or something along the lines of that so i think you're totally right on with like the warring sort of sense of self there because you know if you're listening to this you know, especially as a teenager, yeah. you know, you think you got the whole world figured out. You think, okay, now I just can take the world by fucking yeah. storm. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. And then the second, like something happens that you've never experienced before. You're, you're just like, a little scared. So I'm a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little scared. I'm super fucked. I don't know how to deal with this. Life is not what I thought it was yeah. at all. Uh, and to start out the album like this, they basically spell out for you. Like, this is the kind of album this is. This is the kind of like sound that this album's going to be. If you're not into this, maybe this isn't for you, but this is what we're here to do. And I think it hits. I think like the first song on this hits really hard. I think that the like, where are we at here? 
I was a little spotty going up to Dick Lips personally. Like for me, pathetic and damn it work better than Voyeur and Boring. So and I'm a little bit more into those. You're you're not wrong. The Mark songs are definitely a lot stronger than the Tom Wood ones in general. I think that is kind of true for their entire catalog. Uh, but I will say though that I think so. So to back it up a little bit, I think also sure. another another great part about Pathetic is that it does establish this this tone that so, so and and not undeservedly. Some people do criticize Blink One Eighty Two because a lot of their lyrics are very like um, they're, they're, it's it's dude it's literally dude ranch like it's it's very much <laughs> like oh this girl dumped me like I'm sad she sucks whatever. But my defense would be that they never are that vindictive and if anything it's most of their songs are about acknowledging how lame and like Agreed. how they fucked yeah. up and i think just like starting off your album with just you are pathetic i knew when she said it like that's not like fuck you that's not like oh this girl inward. like broke my heart that's just like i'm pathetic like i fucked up like i this is confirming what i know and i think that kind of um what we're talking well, well we'll get the lyrics to voyeur i'm not going to discuss but voyeur oh, voyeur voyeur is funny to me because i i do think that um that and so essentially this is the tom delong jacking off in a tree song but but the song is it, while while a little goofy and while it could obviously be read as kind of skeezy or whatever the song is just about like how lame he knows that is and like how he knows oh, that sure. he has no confidence like to to approach anyone and this is the only way that he's you know that he can get off or whatever and i think though that that sort of just like it, it's never like it's never vindictive. It's always just like this acceptance of like, I'm a, I'm a loser. Like I'm pathetic, like self-loathing almost. So I think that that's, that's another, that's another thing to maybe just to toss in there. If anyone has some critiques about Tom, <laughs> that's the bacon on the salad. It's yeah. like, Oh, I wasn't into the veggies on this, but you're going to give me a little bacon on the salad. Yeah, okay, a little I'm bacon. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Salad also now. voyeur though. I will say when the claps come in with like, I've done time too many at the very end. That's always like, Whoop! I love those little claps. <laughs> love, I uh, dude, a little clap. That yeah, yeah. Get me going, the claps get me baby. going. Yeah, just a little, a little clap. A little clap. Uh, uh, yes, pathetic. Great song to start out the album with. The next one that you have here is from Enthused, which yes. is about. What was that number okay? That's number seven. So we're skipping down. We're skipping a down bit. a bit. We're gonna come um, back eventually. Well, I mean, I can, up. I can, I can do some brief, uh, just maybe a little. So no one thinks I'm being, um, you know, uh, neglectful. I can do some brief. So I talked about Voyeur. Damn it, we're not gonna talk about because that's just obviously classic. I guess this is growing up. Obviously, that's just a, an anthemic line. Boring. Yep. Um, don't have anything too in depth lyrically about boring. I think the tone of that riff is like really cool. I don't know exactly what they mix, but it's like comes in like a lot harder than the rest. So interesting for a Blink-182 head to listen to the guitar tone on Boring. Dick Lips, great song, great pop. Can I actually, can I talk about Damn It just real yes, quick? Yes, I know yes. it's sort of like the big, it's the big song. Most people know it, even if they don't know Dude Ranch. But I wanted to specifically pull out the line, the stanza that goes, the steps that I retrace, the sad look, look on, on your, your face. face, the timing and structure. Did you hear we fucked her? I think that's so funny to end that where it's like, you're kind of trying to be like, deep a little bit philosophical yeah. a little bit like introspective and then ending with did you hear yeah. that he fucked like her yeah like that's all that he cares about in no, the end and of the that, day but is that's like saying like, that is, is it is these self-defeating narrators these narrators that know they're kind of like uh, you know ca caught up in their own bullshit to a degree that's always going to be you know down putting them down themselves down and i think another example of that yeah it's awesome and that is yeah that is sort of the song that we all know that's sort of the you know, the, the, the piece de resistance mm -hmm. for some people on this. I think there's another piece de resistance that we're going to talk about here later. I think you and I actually agree on this, mm. but is do we want to talk about Waggy now or do you want to talk about it later? Um, 
you know, we, we can talk about Waggy now. Sure. Let's um, talk about it. So, yeah, no, I think Waggy overall, this is the first, this is the track from Dude Ranch where like, I really was like, oh, this album actually has a lot to offer. And like, this is just, uh, this is like, there's so much emotion and uh, vulnerability and kind of just like, it, this is a Mark led one. And I just think the scenario it paints like, um, is just really, really evocative um so i mean just right right off the top watching your house shrink away in my rear view mirror as i drive away wishing that i could take back all those words that meant nothing that i didn't say like there's so many layers to that because it's like totally like take back the words that you didn't say that it meant nothing it's like that's like things that i thought that i knew were like trivial or trite in the moment but i didn't say them but also i regret not saying them but i regret thinking that like even that just like can you know put you on a put you on a mind fuck you know and, <laughs> yeah total christopher nolan yeah shit, you and, know? It, and it's not like he's he's mincing words it's not like he's being floored it's just like the way he phrases that is just like wow like that's that's really gripping it's like how do you like you wouldn't have thought of that from hearing voyeur or something like that and then even just like then like even more vulnerability i'm trying to be what you want me to be but it's so damn hard to keep playing the part of the fool week after week like that's just yeah. like heartbreaking like like that just regard like i think i mean obviously he wrote this in the sense of a relationship but just like trying to be what someone expects you or wants you to be that can apply to like so many aspects of life job totally. or parents or friends but it's just like and that constant sense of if you feel like you're fucking up just like playing the part of the fool week after week like that's something we can all relate to you know yeah that as well as like you know being putting on something because you think that's what other people want you to be or putting on something that you think it's like that's what someone you know expects me to do and it's like no the second you can like just be your authentic self like in that situation it's just gonna go so much better and that seems to be where the narrator is heading mm -hmm. in these thoughts it almost feels a little bit contemplative like a little bit like maybe not contemplative but like retrospective and a little bit inward looking in this moment of like they're not proud of that they're not you know you know fucking having the freak flag fly about it they're like yeah that's something i'm working on that's something i'm dealing with here which is like a little bit of a nice not a nice change but it's just nice to hear that in this sort of like chaotic setting you know yeah, what i mean definitely um, and then another interesting one, the second part of the chorus, uh, and he's referring, though, to to a, a breakup here, but he says, open your eyes, you can suck in your pride, you can live your life all on your own. I think that that's just a really interesting, like, because, like, this is definitely a downtrodden song. There's like, that's like a brief moment of, like, self-assurance. It's like, it's, it's interesting to think of the fact of, like, being alone as sucking in your pride. Like, it's like, maybe you can sure. be self-sufficient or maybe you can, you know, strike out and establish, you know, who you are without the help of someone else. So I think that, that was, that's an interesting lyric. Um, yeah. And then, the lyrics, I don't want to live this lie again. I don't want to live this lie again. I don't know. I'll get it right, but I don't know when. I'll open my eyes. I've got something inside. I'll just jack yeah. off in my room yeah. until then. yeah. Just another one of those classic, like, you know, like, I'm trying to fucking make this shit work, but all I really know how to do is jack off. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. that's all I know how to do, and no, it's awesome. But genuinely, the the lyric, I know I'll get it right, but I don't know when, is something that I, like, quote, and I, like, constantly meditate on. It's just, sure. like, that, that assurance that, like, I feel like we all think things, we all kind of, you know we all know to some degree that things will end up okay or things will end up where they want to be. But it's just like that sense of not knowing when is I think just like what contributes to that's like, you know, the great mystery exactly. of life, you know, it is so, It's that like Faustian bargain of like, would I want to know how my future ends up before I get there? Yeah. And I've always considered like it, you know, you think, Oh, that would be amazing to know how things turn out. But the more you think about it, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of like, more of like a curse it's the faustian bargain you know you sell your soul in that instance and it's like you're right 
usually we will get there. Usually things will go as they're supposed to. And that not knowing, that unknown, just freaks people out so much that sometimes they just stop it all together. Yeah, you know? definitely. And um, interestingly enough, the original lyric was, I'll just hide in my room until then. And they actually made it. I'll just jack off in my room until then for the Let's re-recording of, of Dude Ranch. So, uh, but no, I think that obviously that kind of like contributes to what we were saying about these kind of like desperate or pathetic narrators. It's just like, you know, like tapping out and just jacking off in your room because you can't deal with life, you know? Um, <laughs> Can it feel? It feels good, Thomas. Yeah, it feels yeah, good yeah. to jack yeah, off. No, that's fair. Hey, let's get a little Dude let's Ranch do, dialogue going here. Ranch. Let's do some locker room, some Dude Ranch talk it feels good to jack off uh it feels good to just jack off your peen your, yeah. your freaking wiener there yeah uh anything else to say about waggy oh, while we're well, on it? i mean just the outro just it's never over till it's done i think that that line itself is sure. just another one's like so simple and so like obvious and dumb but it's the way it's just like it's never over till it's done like wow like when you like I, that was another one where i was like like that's so obvious but it just like it it spoke to me it's like in any aspect it's like th- like it, on one hand it's like don't worry about things so much because if it's still happening it's still something like valid and part of your life but then when it's done it's finally done because that's when it's over you know <laughs> totally totally yeah it's over when it's done and sometimes it's over when it's, it's good done. To, and sometimes it's good when it's done and sometimes it just ends but it's never okay. over till it's done <laughs> but it's never over till it's done yeah uh what else do we have here enthused i think is the next one yes. right that you wanted to talk about okay let's yeah. look at enthused so this one actually does not have many lyrics it's mostly just um it's mostly just riffing uh oh what's happening okay uh it's mostly just riffing but the bridge i thought was interesting and, and it's simplistic but it's just she doesn't care at all she doesn't care at all she doesn't care about those times we never shared at all and i think that that's just like you know super relevant for anyone who you know has had a crush or something where like you were projecting like that somewhat you know affection or, yeah. or any sort of relationship things onto someone but it's like but then when it becomes clear that like they did not feel the same way obviously you feel totally. like an idiot but just like the way that it's phrased like she doesn't care about those times we never shared at all i just think is like cool and because it's, it's like because you never shared those times or at least there was an imbalance of what your perception of it was and so it's just like kind of that 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 like she doesn't care at all and mopey but then like kind of that acknowledgement that you were the one that was like projecting onto someone else so totally that's like pure fucking that is high school right yeah that, that is high school veins, yeah bro. that is high school right in my fucking veins <laughs> yeah. and i actually thomas can i tell you something yeah I actually wrote down the same exact lyric to oh, talk about. Nice. I wanted to bring that one up too. So we're uh, two birds with one stone on that. Yeah. One. Um, next I had untitled. So this one's kind of nice, I think, cause this one seems to be mostly about friendship or it's not like, sure. a, it seems to be mostly a platonic um, gripe that Tom is talking about, which I think is kind of nice because he generally talks about, uh, you know, girls not liking him and jacking off in trees. But, uh, but you know, yeah. this is just like, kind of like a, like a, a really pensive one. It's just like, um, uh, you have your other friends. They were there when you cried. Didn't mean to hurt you then. Best friends just won't leave your side. Um, when I needed you most, when I needed a friend, you let me down now like I let you down then. So sorry. It's over. So it's yeah. like not necessarily anything to unpack there, but it's just like, yeah, when friendships fall apart, that's like, you know, honestly worse than any breakup you can imagine. But it's just Absolutely. like when I needed you most, when I needed a friend, you let me down now like I let you down then. And so sorry, it's over. Just like that shrugging, just like and that finality of that, just like kind of like it's never over till it's done. It's just like so sorry, it's over. <laughs> Dude, friend breakups 
really do I think sting worse a lot of the time. Oh yeah, than no, romantic breakups. Gen- genuinely, because it's like there is just it is such a. I mean, obviously, you know, romantic relationships can be layered and beautiful and whatnot, but it's like a friend, a friendship that really means something to you is like such a much more complex kind of love in some ways, you know. Absolutely. Um, and th- we'll circle back to that with Lemmings, which is another friend breakup song. But I do got to give a shout out where even after, which you know, this genuinely uh, evocative, um, you know, so sorry it's over. <laughs> there's then a skit where um, uh, it appears that Mark has a some sort of sexual disease and says, "What? It'll clear <laughs> up, I promise. I got some ointment for it." The doctor says it's not infectious; it'll be gone in a week. So that was like, so shocking to hear on they, the album. That's like some rap skit yeah, shit. Like yeah. that's crazy to include. So, but this was the era for. Yeah. Album skits. Yeah, so they always just gotta, you know, kind of, kind of give you the 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 the, the salt with the sugar, but um. <laughs> um but that. um That's yeah then emo so emo is actually one of my favorite songs in this album but it doesn't get too much love it comes after apple shampoo um but i think that this one is like the lyrics that i actually kind of um like had to chew over because i'm still not quite sure like i still think about the refrain of this and what it's actually trying to say but sure. um from off the top, they start with why leave when you claim it is love, but why stay when you're not the only one? And I think that that's like another one where it's like it's a simple phrase, but it does like really make you think because like obviously love is like such a complicated and challenging emotion and people are scared of it. And, you know, and occasionally sure. don't want to open themselves up to it. So it's like, why leave when you claim it is love? So that's obviously like, OK, you love this person. Why would you leave the relationship? But sure. why stay when you're not the only one? So it's like, why stay when someone loves you back? Because like as the meme totally. said. Yeah. there's nothing more mortified than being known you know what i mean so <laughs> true true yeah. true true yeah so i think that that's that's a, like another cool couplet that shows that they have more you know sense about emotion more emotional maturity than some people give them credit for um and they hide it on an album called dude ranch, dude ranch where the album big cover ass balls is, on a cow <laughs> it's fucking big nuts yeah it's a bowl with devil eyes yeah. and a what is in theory, like a like a red hot like poker yeah, of Blink One Eighty Two on his ass, yes, yeah, a branding on this bull's ass that says Blink One Eighty Two, and you're getting lyrics like, uh, "But why leave when you claim it's love? But why stay when you're not the only one?" Yeah. It's hidden. It's it's they you know it's disarming. It's like Nardwar, and I don't yeah. even mean that in like a like no, a, that, like it's a like Nardwar. Way. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like Nardwar. Yeah. It is. It is. It's like, you know, oh, this guy's crazy. This guy's a freak. Mm. This guy's insane. And yet he did the most research of any reporter who's ever reached out to anyone. That is true. It's like, damn. You th- can't fuck with the king. You can't. You can't fool the fool and you can't fuck with Nardwar yeah. because he's going to fuck with you back. But yeah. that's the, it's a similar idea on Dude Ranch. It's like, you don't expect that kind of emotional insight on an album called Dude Ranch with a bull with demonic eyes. And yet, you're more than halfway through this album and you're getting a lot of emotional wisdom and emotional maturity from an album that you might otherwise disregard. And that's kind of the magic of the album. Yeah, in a lot of ways. no, it's generally that that's why it's become one of my favorite albums for sure. Um, and then this one has another one kind of just like um, just a one liner just um, that's uh, comparable to I know I'll get it right when I don't know when for me. Just the simple line. It's OK to just want more like. Totally. Damn, like what? Yeah, what the hell? That's another one where it's like, it, it's not like they, they, you know, Shakespearean, like they didn't sit down and like come up with a way to say that, but it's just like, that's just like a raw, like it's just, it's okay to just want more. You can want more out of, out of life. You can want more for yourself. You can want more for others. And it, it, you know, there is that sense of unfulfillment by wanting, but it's also okay. You know, you can, you don't have to accept 
you know, you actually, you know what? I'll share something with you. Um, my therapist said this week, and this, this blew my fucking mind. She said, acceptance is only healthy when it's not the path of least resistance. Acceptance is only healthy when it is not the path of least resistance. Yeah. And I think that's, that ties in with, it's okay to just want more. You don't have to take what life gives you. It's like, you can want more for yourself, you know? So I had to think about that phrase for just a second. Cause there's a lot that's like, that's like, you go down one road and then there's like more to unpack later on in that sentence. The more you go down, I had to think about that one for a sec, but that's very true. It is okay to just want, and basically it's okay to just want more is the simplified version Um, of what your therapist told you earlier this week. So that's awesome. And yeah, that is interesting. It's like, just because you're served shit doesn't mean you have to eat it. Yeah, exactly. Same, same idea. That's another, that's another Noah's dad favorite phrase. (laughs) Shut up. Maybe my dad ghost wrote some of these songs on Doom Yeah. And then, yeah, so the the chief chorus, uh, she's better off sleeping on the floor. So you start thinking, okay, the boys are being fafa here. This sounds misogynist or whatever. But actually, when I the more I listened to it and the more I looked into the lyrics, it's it it's she's it's she's better off sleeping on the floor because the guy that she's with like is cheating on her. And he's actually got you. Okay. so I, I took the the um the lyric out of context it's okay to just want more because it's repeated enough that it kind of becomes its own thing but in in the actual story of the song he says it in a negative sense where he just like wants to sleep with other people but so uh, so mark is telling her that uh she so at first i was like she's better off sleeping on the floor i was like okay like they're saying this is an evil woman or whatever but i think he genuinely what what he follows it up with is she's better off sleeping on the floor because she fell right off the bed when he said this to her because she was shocked and scared and you know mad and so mark is saying don't get back into bed with him wow. you're better off sleeping on the floor so that one that's another one where i had to listen to it a while and i was like okay like what's happening here are the boys being a little you know a little naughty but actually it's it's <laughs> kind of it wraps around as a nice sentiment because like she doesn't she shouldn't get back into bed with him she deserves more and in this particular moment sleeping on the floor is preferable with you know getting back into bed with this garbage man <laughs> it's the like best possible version of the like shitty trope in movies and TV when the girl or the guy is like, you don't want anything to do with me. Like I'm, I'm bad news. I'm trouble. And it's like, okay, we've seen that before, but that's the best possible version of it because it's like, no, two ideas can be true at the same time. And like, I feel like growing up in a lot of ways is the acknowledgement of the fact that like two contradictory ideas can be true at the same time. And like, there actually is nuance to things that maybe Mm -hmm. when you're younger, you think are black and white. So I don't know, man. There's a lot. That, honestly, I am discovering more about the lyrics and this album right now than yes. I did in my two no, that's, listens. That's fair. I'm glad, I'm glad that I can be the, the you know the prophet. <laughs> yes, you're my sage. You're yeah. my you're my Blink 182 sage. Yeah. Oh, also, before I forget, are we saying are you a Blink 182 or a Blink 182 guy? Where do you stand I'm a Blink on that? Blink 182. Blink 182. Yeah. It's so silly. I think that people say Blink 182. No, I it's do not right. It's that. not correct. Yeah. It's Blink 182. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It, it just is, is Blink-182. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do we got next, Thomas? We got Lemmings, and this is the one that I didn't really pay attention to until February, but it's become one of my favorite tracks on the album. So there's two. Yes. There's a wild, there's a long verse where just Mark is spinning gas, but um, the kind of the pre-chorus, I guess, is, is it too much to ask for things to work out this time? I'm only asking for what is mine. I wanted everything. I got it, and now 
now I'm going to throw it away. I'll throw it away. That's again, yeah. just like, fuck, like how many times have you gotten it? There's actually, I think what, what makes me think of this is actually a scrubs episode where JD oh, wow. and JD and Elliot finally date. And then they break up like an episode after this big getting together. Cause JD got what he wanted, whatever, but then realized like it wasn't, you know, actually, what, actually he, what, he what he wanted so yeah. just the, i think that that and uh, you know and, and it doesn't have to be romantic but in so many senses of life once you get what you want there's always that sense of now what and so mark is kind of speaking to that where it's like i wanted everything i got it and now i'm gonna throw it away i'll throw it away but even then he's saying but it, is it too much to ask for things to work out this time but that like almost is setting him up for more disappointment because he's he's hoping and crossing his fingers it will work out but once it works right. out he's gonna throw it away so damn okay that is that's some that's some that's some evilness right or not evilness but just like that's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow line right there. yeah 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 and then yeah and then mark 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 blacks out in the booth he's spitting some gas <laughs> this is just like all every line of this is just woof it's Oof. you're gonna drown in the mess you make your self-inflicted hate you turn your back on the friends you lose when they don't follow all your rules but wow. people are what they want to be they're not lemmings to the sea maybe yes. it's time that you look at yourself and stop blaming life on someone else just damn fuck <laughs> like, i'm telling <laughs> you this album has gas like the lyrics are just like Whoa. like just the, like that, that stock photo of the man like clutching his chest like every part of that just like people are what they want to be they're not lemmings to the sea maybe it's time that you looked at yourself and stop blaming life on someone else just like oh <laughs> yeah i mean it's all right there i mean it is just that is it there's not really like you can't hide from that lyric. Like yeah. that lyric just is, it's just, that is, that is it. I don't know what else to say about it, except that is it. That yeah. it's not any, there's nothing to unpack with that. That's just what it is. And that is brutal yes. a little bit, but also, yeah. <laughs> but also very true. Also and also very, true. very important to hear and very important for people to hear. So shout out to Mark Hoppus. Yes. And then finally, before we get to apple shampoo, which is the 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 creme de la creme, just I'm yes. sorry, another one that doesn't have a lot of lyrics, but I think this is Tom's most, um, I guess, sensitive moment on the album because I guess he's the most vulnerable on Dick Lips, but Dick Lips is about getting drunk and getting kicked out of high school, so it's not really like <laughs> emotional. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like regrettable. But I just think it's a this is kind of like a nice closing sentiment to kind of um, just all the themes the album has discussed in terms of um, you know being frustrated or feeling like things won't work out or wanting them to work out. Or whatever it's just a sure so first of all i mean it's pretty much the entirety of the lyrics but don't bide your time because it is almost over so already off the top that's just telling you like don't wait don't hesitate you know don't bide your time because things are so fragile and life is so flighty and ephemeral just like if you feel right. something express it if you want something go and get it you know but it's exactly. um and then just kind of i know you're down i'll see you around and i know it hurts but you're just getting older and i know you'll win you'll do it once again so that's just like a nice sentiment to close it the album nice. out on it's just like i know it hurts but it's something but that's just growing up you know it's like things you know heartbreak happens losses happen um but you're just getting older but then he says i know you'll win you'll do it all again you know and it's just like yeah you get very reassuring and very nice you get back on the horse you go back to the dude ranch you know and then uh and then things are so yeah so i hope that uh before we get into apple shampoo i hope that if you're still listening you've uh you, <laughs> some of, no no but i hope but i hope that you've heard a lyric that makes you makes you reconsider blink 182 and makes you think that these boys have some heart to them i think it will that so that that first couplet there that don't bide your time because it is almost over mm. i think we actually because this is a backlog episode, this this episode hasn't come out when we're recording it, but by this time this episode comes out, the episode will have been out for a couple weeks already. But I recorded an episode with Alexander Barrett, uh, and we were talking about sort of the 
silver lining slash like what we learned and sort of our reflections on the global pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things I took away is do the thing you want to do because Mm -hmm. you never know when you won't be able to do it again. Like you don't know if that time is going to pass and there's going to be a period of life where no one can fucking go anywhere because we are, there's an infectious disease and it is dangerous to do things. Uh, So if you want to do something, do what you can in that moment to do it. And that's like just something that I've been thinking about a lot in the, you know, reflecting period of coming out of the other side of this thing. I'm just like, damn, that's very true. And, they said they were saying it in Dude Ranch. It in I Dude just Ranch. had to listen to Dude Ranch instead. Don't bro. don't bide your time because it is almost over. Real quick, because I do just want to yes. briefly touch on. So Josie, it was another big song, so I didn't talk about it because most people have, have heard Josie. That's the kind of the the GF anthem, but also another one where it's like actually really nice. Like they Mark is talking about his girlfriend, and it's not like objectifying her, and it's not saying like she's hot or whatever. It's like talking sure. about how much more emotionally mature she is, and like and I think he says, uh, uh she's so smart and independent. I don't think. I know that she doesn't need me quite half as much as I know I need her. So it's like, yes, this is the GF anthem. Marco's a GF guy. And I think Josie's a really nice song for that. Um, a new hope is about wanting to fuck princess Leia. Not my favorite. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, same. but I gotta say, um, princess Leia, where are you tonight? And who's laying by the down by your side. It's like, <laughs> okay, but okay, sure boys. And then degenerate's my least favorite song on the album. I don't think it's very good, but that's the, wow. the rest of, um, it's about fucking cows. Another Tom one. Eh, you can skip. I actually had that. Josie lyric written down as well. It's the and my girlfriend likes you well in DHC unwritten lawn dance hall crashers and she's so smart and independent I don't think she needs me quite half as much as I know I need her I wonder why there's not another guy that she'd prefer. It's that same narrator type character that we've been working with but it's like yeah that is the quote unquote perfect woman for this narrator but he is fully admitting it's like damn why the fuck is she with me if she's like that cool it's just a great little piece of writing it's so nice. It's great. Um, Are we about to hit hit our hit our big boy here? Apple shampoo and this. So let me tell you, I think genuinely, I do think you should start with Waggy. If you're new to Dude Ranch and you don't want to hear the rest of it based on what we've been talking about, you should start with Waggy because I think that that is the most. um, It's the it has a a very traditional song structure. It's just like cool riff, cool lyrics, cool energy. But Apple shampoo, I think, is the piece de resistance. And Um, I agree with you. I think this is the best song on the album. It's the one that hits the hardest. It's really fucking good. Yes. this just every so this is mark um talking about his breakup with um i actually don't uh, with elise rogers of dance hall crashers so yes. this was another punk band that they were they were um touring with and they were dating at the time but so this is like this is a breakup focus song but like just there are so many moments of this that just like uh just woof just rush you rush rush at you so um sometimes the hardest part is conceiving the good intentions that you had now only came to this so it's like even from the beginning just like the hardest part is admitting that no matter how much you wanted something to work out or no matter how much you wanted things to go well it's like all it comes down to at the end is this so already marks in his bag you know um but then we've got it isn't exciting reciting the stories of kind words turned hurting when routine gets boring so again just like the way he rhymes and the way he phrases just like and you know to anyone other than you it's not cool hearing about you know things going wrong but but the rhyming then that stanza is so good you have exciting reciting Mm -hmm. kind of words turned hurting when routine Routine gets gets boring boring. and then then so then there's one more specific about you know them both being in punk rock clubs but then another one that just like it's such a simple couplet but it just like really sits with you the start was something good but some good things must end just 
fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Fuck and then you. and then when he says some good things must end, then it goes like breaks down and I'm just like Brandon Wardell like (laughs) going what if the Pope blasted Sigs on the track (laughs) because like the the entire the entire build up to that part is like very very bass heavy but then it's when some good things must end then it just rips out of the gates and just like takes you away it's like fuck it's a musical like collapse everything is just falling down at once it's really cool and then um, again the chorus that just fucks you up uh, he says I never wanted to hold you back I just wanted to hold on that's another one where it's like damn it's like and and, you know at any time you know if 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 you're you know fighting with your significant other or anything it's just like i never wanted to hold you back i just wanted to hold on you know what i mean it's like that sense of like oh maybe i'm keeping someone from realizing their full potential but it's just because you're scared of like you know letting them go or of being independent so i think that that's a very mature lyric um and then as i mentioned at the top i know just where i stand a boy trapped in the body of a man and here we go here we go (laughs) here we go this lyric Oh, this I think this is my favorite lyric written of all time. And I'm going oh to put that okay. on record because the the way that he he this is just like the breakup lyric. It's just I'll take what you're willing to give and I'll teach myself to live with a walk on part of a background shot from a movie I'm not in just what was in the water that day <laughs> it's like just any any ex you've ever had just you're a, you're a walk on part of a background shot from a movie you're not in just like wow <laughs> yeah dude that is i mean just the composition of those lines to make that metaphor that specific vehicle genius a yeah. genius lyric just even purely from like a mechanics standpoint, but just when you infuse what the song context is of this like breakup, I mean, just the the best kind of pain that there is. Yeah, the best kind of pain. And then, so then then the boys follow that with uh, with another <laughs> oh, lyric that I no. don't. I'm not going to say it on. I'm not. We're not going to say it on 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 air. Um, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not horrendous, uh, but it is. Let's say it speaks of its time. But yeah. also, if if you listen to the song and hear this lyric, the the theme is is I still something I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> But it's Eddie, it is insane to go from this beautiful lyric yeah. to this insane big wow lyric. I can't believe that they got away with yeah. it type of lyric. It's oh, you fucked. could get away with it in nineties, but yeah. But um um but then and then the outro, I think, uh, and then so the next part is it's a little more specific about their relationship, so it's less universal. But just the way that he ends this, where he's talking, he's talking to you know this this person that he just broke up with, but he, he and he offers them comfort, which is like just so mature. And I think again another example of how these guys, and especially Mark, are just like a lot more layered than a lot of people gave it credit for. He's like he's referring to the person that I that I believe the context is that she broke up with him, but he says. If you're feeling scared, remember the time we shared. You know it meant everything to me. So it's like what a what like an olive branch and what a moment of vulnerability totally. to like first of all not even be like a down in the dumps and a self-defeating loser and being like oh like every, this breakup is entirely about me but it's like to think of the other person and acknowledge that they might be scared or might be uncertain and say here's some comfort if you're feeling scared remember the time we shared meant everything to me. Just like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just like ultimate like self acknowledgement and like I don't want to say ego death because that seals feels a little bit like bah, to say ego yeah, death yeah. a little bit but like it is like 
total vulnerability of being like, yeah, this, I have to say this to you because I know it's the truth. It's accepting the truth. Even if the truth is difficult, you know, yeah. it's really nice. Yeah. And that's Apple shampoo and that's a dude ranch. But, uh, but yeah, I think Apple shampoo is definitely my favorite track overall. Uh, but I, I would say though, that if you're coming in cold, it is a little more like, I guess it's a little less traditional the way it's in structure. So waggy might be the start, the place I would start. Shout out waggy shout out dude ranch shout out blink 182 shout out i didn't put this in i didn't put fast facts at all but i did do some cursory research about blink 182 shout out to travis barker surviving a plane crash yes with dj and uh, who i did not survive i don't think but um, no yeah. he, that man did not survive yeah. a plane crash but travis barker did he did that is fucking crazy bro that he survived yep. a plane crash so shout out to travis barker shout out to tom DeLong, who believes in aliens yes. and is to a certain extent correct actually which yeah, is crazy the nasa proved he's right or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah really fucked uh and shout out to mark hoppus who they're still he's still kind of going strong in blink right like mark they're is still, still in kind of doing it i think he's the last original member yeah um, and i think i think tom actually did tour with them in 2019 again i missed it just it was like a month before i liked Enema of the state but they did tour together to do the 10th anniversary or something for Enema of the state as um not with scott but it was mark oh, oh never mind scott didn't play Enema of the state but it was mark travis and tom even though that tom and mark have some beef yeah they do have some beef and it is interesting to me that they split singing duties and that probably does feed into a lot of the beef because one of you know there's two sides to every story but it seems as though one of them is a little bit more of a little bit of a harder guy to deal with i think so i think so but you know we we we, if only we could be a fly on the wall you know (laughs) yeah fly on the wall for the blink boys but uh thomas just last lastly i know we've been talking about it already but just to you personally if you want in summation why does Dude Ranch mean so much to you? Why do these songs mean so much to you? Because I think if if just if if you've ever felt uncertain or just like a little a little scared of what's coming <laughs> next in life, or if you're just in a place where or a place in your life where you're experiencing new things or new challenges or whatever, just like there's something here for you. There's there's just totally. there's songs about hope and there's songs about defeat and there's songs about self-loathing and there's songs about being confident and there's songs about also jacking off in a tree and there's songs about wanting to fuck Princess Leia. It's got something for everyone. <laughs> yeah, especially the fucking Princess Leia yeah. people are going to be really happy yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about a new hope. On yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, Thomas, thank you so much for beaming in all the way from the Big Apple. Start mm-hmm. spreading the news. You're there. I'm to here. Stay, yeah. It seems like, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but Thomas... This is the part of the show where you get to plug anything you want to plug. So, my friend, plug away if you want. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at 100 underscore chefs. Follow me on Instagram yes. at 100 underscore chefs. I cook up some tasty things. Um, listen to Dude Ranch um, and get <laughs> your vaccines. You know, I'm here in the From Big Thomas, Apple. From Thomas, if you're in the Big and Apple. you're in the Big Apple, you can, come to, um, you can come to the Bronx tomorrow. I can, Or not tomorrow. This will be in June, so you'll be wherever I'm working tomorrow. You can come, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think LA actually is opening up a mobile vaccine clinic soon uh, to get on New York's level. So please get your wow. vaccine if you haven't, because we would like to do things again. Yeah, we would all like to go see Blink-182 in concert yes. again yeah. when they're doing the Dude Ranch. 20th well, I guess, tour. <laughs> well, yeah, well, 97. So we have do we have to wait for the 25th anniversary, which would be next year, right? Well, so the Spotify date is wrong. So I actually don't know when. I actually should know when this came out. That I, do I think it was 97 because Enema of the State was 99. Um, 
let me, oh, it is, you're right, June 17th, 1997. So I guess 2022 would be the 25th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I will, I'm a 97 guy, so I will be turning 25. Me and this album, the same age. The same Isn't age. That, crazy? Yeah, that would be very exciting if they did a 25th anniversary. They're kind of old, so I, someone's got to play those parts. But <laughs> And they said, Noah, come up on stage. Noah, come do the drumming. Us. You can do it. It's easy. It's <laughs> fun can... for you. <laughs> it's easy. It's fun, and you don't like it at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do some plugs now, Thomas, so shut the fuck up for a sec. Uh, you can go to the link trees in the description of this. We have a My Favorite Podcast link tree. Chokes you to the social media, Instagram, Twitter. It also takes you to different ways to listen to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. But we are on Overcasts. We're on Pocket Casts. I think we're on, even on Google Play, which is pretty dope if that is your thing. Uh, you can also go to my personal link tree, which is in the show description as well. My personal Twitter, my personal Instagram. You can follow me there. Or not it is a little scary to be on my social medias, so please don't... Uh, Please don't tell me about it. If you are there, just please just like the tweet and go away. Just go away. (laughs) Just go away forever. Uh, You can also listen to my other podcast that's on the list with Noah and Mason. Thomas has has graced the mic of that podcast a few times. Spit some some truth. I think that for your final episode of that podcast, whenever that may be, we have to do just the long-ass media episode where it's going to be Love Exposure (laughs) and DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ's charmed. (laughs) That is something I'm not looking forward. (laughs) That is not not looking forward to that. That's the sinking ship episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one where I finally like ask Mason for his address. Yeah. (laughs) Ship him something really bad. That's um, the final episode of that podcast. <laughs> but uh, uh, Thomas did bring on the worst thing that we've ever listened to on that podcast, yes. in my opinion, which is uh, my teenage dream mm-hmm. ended by Farrah Abraham. Total piece of shit album. Dude mm-hmm. Ranch a lot better than that. Stinky fart. Uh, is right? the evil fart. The evil it, fart. It gets yeah. the evil fart for me. Uh, didn't even bother listening to it. Uh, second time which i do with almost every album piece of shit album that is a great little episode you can listen to that really good episode and then the evil gex episode which is probably the most infamous episode of that, that seems podcast. to be the, the one people return to i do listen to that episode sometimes like damn we were in our bag <laughs> that is very it was the last live recording that we ever did yeah. but by the time that this episode drops mason and i actually will have oh, done that a in-person recording when i'm in chicago so shout out to that uh and then as well your local government YLG.world on Instagram, Your Local Government Comedy on YouTube. All that shit is in the link trees, though. That's it. Those are the plugs. Thomas Serdarian, thank you for being here, Chef. Of course. This was a pleasure. I'm, I am was jacked off to talk about Dude Ranch, and I hope that someone will uh, will feel jacked off as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you can jack me off right now by helping me say goodbye to the folks. Were goodbye, folks at home. Goodbye. Goodbye.